Your city. Your town. Your voice. 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are in the middle of WDET's spring fundraiser, which means that we need about $275,000 to stop asking you to help us fundraise. You listen to the programs here. You listen to the coverage if you do, you need to help us pay for that. You value the things that you hear on Detroit Today or on All Things Considered or Morning Edition, and all of those things cost money to produce. We need you to go to WDET.org and renew your membership, or if you're not a member, sign up for the first time. There's nothing we like better here at WDET than first-time members. All right. Michigan is the largest Republican-led state in the country that chose to expand Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. Today, almost 700,000 low-income people have signed up for coverage under the Healthy Michigan Plan. But the GOP plan in Congress to replace Obamacare could mean every single one of those 700,000 people are going to lose the coverage that they just got. How are Republicans in Lansing, many of whom helped craft and approve the Healthy Michigan Plan in 2013, reacting to the plan put forth by Republicans in Washington, D.C.? Detroit Today producer and reporter Jake Neer was in Lansing yesterday to find out, and he joins us now. Jake, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Absolutely. What did you learn yesterday in Lansing about this? I think this is an interesting position to be in. I mean, Mm -hmm. they took a risk. Republicans did yeah. by supporting this idea back in 2013. Now they're sort of caught between that choice and the political reality of today, which is that Republicans have control in Washington and they're saying we got to get rid of this. Yeah, let's talk about what what happened in 2013 when this is when this passed. And Randy, of course, was was in Lansing and was instrumental in this plan passing. So I will ask him to correct me if I say anything that's not quite right. But uh, Republican leaders in Lansing uh, in 2013 approached this in a really practical way. I would say if if we like every other state in the country are going to have to pay for Medicaid expansion for other states, why would we not want some of that money back? Uh, and the pitch was pretty good, too. You know, people will have more access to health care. They'll go to primary care physicians for preventative care, as opposed to going to the emergency room when things go really wrong, of course, uh, even when they can't pay for it, pay for an emergency room visit. Uh, and the costs, of course, get shifted onto hospitals and taxpayers at that point. Um now, we should say that most Republicans in, in Randy's caucus uh, voted against the plan, uh, and it was part, passed largely with the Democrats' support. Um, but to get that needed Republican support to get over that threshold, there were some things that were added to the plan that uh, made it very unique to Michigan. Yeah. And in sort of a more conservative way, there were incentives for healthy people to eventually get off of Medicaid. Uh, and, mo- and in most importantly for our discussion here today about when it comes to why the program is in jeopardy now, uh, that the costs that fall on the state to pay for Medicaid cannot surpass the amount of money the program is actually saving the state's budget. So the concern now is that if Congress shifts most of those co- more costs onto states, the program will end in Michigan because the savings won't be able to make up for It'll the costs. Die. Right. right. Yeah, you won't be able to have those extra people 
on the program. Right. So so this is where what the concern is now in Lansing and the prospect of them having to revisit this if the whole program gets uh, blown up. Yesterday, again, I was in Lansing. I got a chance to speak with current Senate Majority Leader Arlen Meekoff, and here's what he had to say about it. If they uh, change it at all, we're going to have to open up the section and, and do some things. Um, what I'm more concerned about is that I don't want them to just to shift it all the costs to us, and uh, they can't balance their budget by shifting it to our budget. That, that would be problematic. Now, the idea of block granting Medicaid, obviously, that would require a, a complete revisit of, of what happened here, correct? And, and what would that mean um, for the state's budget? What, what are you most afraid of, you know, in terms of cost shifts? Well, it would impact the budget we're working on right now that starts in, in October. Uh, and I believe what we did in the last budget is when the money came from Washington, we used $300 million of general fund to do other things that were important, roads and schools and all of our other priorities. So we'd have to find a way to, to make that come back. Uh, if indeed that the money did disappear or they changed Medicaid and not just Medicaid expansion, they changed Medicaid and uh, made it made it again more costly for the states uh, not and not the federal government and balancing their budget by, by using ours isn't, isn't a wise use either. In the long term, does that give the state some more discretion though? Does that well, give you I'm, a... I'm curious about block grants because usually they come with strings, right? It, it doesn't just say, well, here's the money that you're supposed to get back state and now you figure out the best outcomes. To us, that would, be, that would make a lot of sense, right? Well, X amount of money that comes back, our money. And we as a state figure out what's the best use to get the, better, the best outcomes and just measure us on outcomes. Has Healthy Michigan been good for the state overall? I, I do know that most hospitals are reporting their uncompensated care has gone down by over 40%, in some cases 60%. So uh, that, that is good. That is good. And it appears the outcomes, people are, are healthier because they are seeing a doctor, they are getting the care that they need, and they're not showing up in emergency rooms, hence the uncompensated care. Is, uh, is going down. So it does have a, a positive impact on the health of Michigan. There are a couple people that think 660,000 people, people that got healthy Michigan, could eventually lose that. What would that mean? Also, do you think that that is a realistic expectation if uh, these changes go into effect? I don't know how, what form it will take when it comes out of committee, if it will get amended even further than what it has been. Uh, we'll wait and see to see what the impacts are. Uh, but the bill, as we pass it in Healthy Michigan, says if they don't send the money, there's no program, and it ends. So that is a concern. That is a concern, uh, Arlen Meekoff says. And, uh, and and what's interesting, too, about this is you heard him talk about how the program's been successful. Uh, Arlen Meekoff was one of the Republicans that actually voted against Medicaid expansion when it came through. So he's he's certainly changed his tune quite a bit on this. Yeah. Uh, you also talked to some other folks in Lansing who were on one side of this before and maybe thinking about it a little differently now. On sort of the opposite way that Arlen Mikoff is uh, has shifted, uh, I really wanted to talk to now Senator Mike Shirky, who was in the, uh, in the House at the time. He was really uh, one of the big architects of this plan in the House. He originally said, I am a hard no on Medicaid expansion. Now I am a hard yes. Uh, that was his his shift during the debate, right. uh, and he was instrumental in getting some of these more conservative uh, things in place for the bill. And now he's a state senator. Uh, he uh, had sort of a, a different uh, thought about what's happening in Washington than uh, than Mikoff. I'm excited about going from a healthy Michigan Generation One to a healthy Michigan Generation Two and fixing some things that we probably should have done differently in the first generation. And so I'm in no way fearful of uh, the change opportunity that's coming up. I have some, some uh, specific concerns about how it's done, 
but from what I've heard so far, you know, I think we'll be able to figure out a way to navigate that path. Uh, but the most important thing is that you know, whatever the feds come up with, they must give states more flexibility to, uh, to accomplish the targets and the goals stated in whatever program they end up with. And my understanding is that the idea of block granting would give states more flexibility, correct? But there's also the prospect of that the state would have to backfill whatever extra costs there are. Is that a fair way to, to state that? Well, the flexibility allows us to design the program to fit whatever funding is available. That would include the federal match and also whatever the state decides to put in. You and I cannot buy on the market a Medicaid-equivalent health plan because it's too rich. It is a marvelously rich program. And so it needs some rationalization to occur to, to filter to, to shrink it back to what most of the most of us get on the you know in the private sector. So again, again, I'm I'm excited about the opportunity to, to revisit it and and put a, put our thumbprint on gen, help a healthy Michigan Generation Two. Uh, if you take a look at the language in Healthy Michigan Generation One, it was intended that fewer people would be on Healthy Michigan over time. Okay, it was intended. Uh, specifically those that after four years there's some uh, decisions to be made sure. and if they decide to stay on they're going to pay a lot more. Mm -hmm. Now I will admit to you that we've, we're having a little arm wrestling contest between legislature and the department on the execution of that portion of Healthy Michigan Generation 1, but there's no sense to we just hit a pause button on that until we know what's going to come out of the federal government. Uh, not to belabor the point, but I mean, you were instrumental as sort of an architect of, of Healthy Michigan in the first place, making sure that there were provisions in there that would make sure that the state would not be on the hook for more than what the program would actually save. It seems like the idea that's, that's being thrown around in Washington could shift more costs onto states. Uh, is that a concern? It's not a concern, it's an opportunity. This is what I've told everybody from the beginning when we knew that there was going to be a change in the system. A, it's going to be changed. B, it's not going to be more money. C, states are going to have to take on more responsibility. D, we're going to have to open up our public act. And E, it will become more conservative. Has Healthy Michigan overall been good for the state of Michigan the way that it was implemented? Yeah, I think that the data is pretty clear that, you know, for the 2.3 or $2.6 billion of new, brand new Affordable Care Act taxes that Michigan taxpayers paid, this was the best way for us to have any kind of say as to how that money was spent. And I think we can prove uh, unequivocally that we've, been, we've brought most of it back to Michigan in a, in a productive way. So Mike Shirky, someone who was all for Medicaid expansion <laughs> at the time, saying, let's start over again. Let's, let's totally this, rewrite yeah. this, uh, basically, although uh, saying that the program was successful. So uh, also shout out to Detroit News political reporter Jonathan Osting, who you didn't hear, but he was also in on that conversation, helped out a little bit, yeah. too. So, All right. Uh, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, let's talk more with Jake Neer and Randy Richardville about the 700,000 people in Michigan who could lose their Medicaid coverage under the health care plan that the House is considering in Washington. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. What do you think about what we've done with Medicaid expansion here in the state of Michigan? 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Jake Neer, a producer here at Detroit Today, and Randy Richardville, former state Senate majority leader and Trump campaign chair in the 7th Congressional District in Monroe. We are talking about the proposals in Washington to change the Affordable Care Act and what effect that might have 
on the Medicaid expansion that Republicans here in the state of Michigan pushed through in 2013 to take part in the Affordable Care Act. We heard from Arlen Meekoff, the current uh, Senate Majority Leader, and Mike Shirky, one of the Republican legislators who helped push this through in 2013, about how they're feeling about this position. Uh, I'm curious now, uh, Randy Richardville, how do you feel about this? You were the political architect, at least, of getting this through in 2013. Uh, what do you think about what we've seen over the last three years in terms of its success? And would you, you know, would you be, uh, would you feel aggrieved if Congress somehow broke this? Well, I certainly think, you know, um, I don't want to sound like a few good men. Remember the movie where you had, uh, you had Jack Nichols is saying, you know, we save lives. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, um, when they came to us with the possibility of adding more people under the Medicaid umbrella, it's basically money that had already gone to Washington. It was money that we had already taken out of our wallets and sent to that swamp in, in, in Washington. And uh, the question was, do you want to have some of your money back to provide health care coverage for a few hundred thousand of your residents, or do you want us to give it to Arizona or California or Florida or someplace else? Well, to me, as a conservative, um, I want my tax dollars to come back to my, my neighborhood and to my state. So it wasn't, it wasn't a question of whether we should do it or not. It's, uh, it was a question of could we get it done. And, and you did get it done, but with real political consternation. I mean, this was not an easy sell. Oh, no. It was a very difficult, uh, difficult sell because those that uh, opposed it uh, took it to a new level and labeled it as expansion of Obamacare and labeled those of us uh, that wanted to take our money and spend it on our people in Michigan um, labeled us as uh, liberals and, uh, and, and, well, a lot worse than that, <laughs> uh, protesting and, and saying other things that were not true. They didn't understand it. That's why the speaker earlier in the, uh, the caller earlier in the show said we should do things by polls and you should watch polls all the time when you're making these decisions. It's dead wrong in, in my mind because you're elected to represent a bunch of people. So you, you should do your homework. And if you're doing your homework, you'll learn things like uh, that was federal money that we had given to Washington and they were going to give out to somebody else if we didn't say yes. So the difficulty was always at the end of that four years or so. What happens with yes, the money? Right? Um, because once a government program's in place, they never go away. That was the argument. I said, well, you know, that's going to have to be up to the legislature that comes in later because it should be no surprise to them that this is out there. And again, there are people that are alive today that without this coverage would not be alive. There are people that are healthy today that would not be healthy if this had not happened. Now, did they have three and a half years to plan for this? Yes, they have. Have they done that plan? Have they? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, and Mike Shirky, being a conscientious, hard-nosed, far-right conservative uh, guy, um, did step out into the firing lane, so to speak, to help in the House of Representatives. And I took a lot of heat in the Senate. Uh, but the governor signed it, and uh, I, I think there's no question that even those that opposed it say, yeah, it really did some good things over so, the last three years. We've only got about two minutes left, but one of the things that, that really confuses me about Republican positions on this is what you just said, which is that people's lives have been saved by this program and that people have become healthy as a result of this program, and yet Republicans still remain super critical of the law that made this possible. I mean, you can't divorce... Uh, this kind of uh, action that was able to be taken here in the state of Michigan from the Affordable Care Act. How do you how do you reconcile that? 
I do. I think they're they're two different things. I don't. I think Obamacare and is, is a socialized kind of medicine, and I think that Medicaid expansion was we have a lot of people that can't afford <laughs> to have insurance. The, that's so we the need to get same thing. I don't well, understand I don't, what, what distinction you're trying to draw there. <laughs> well, there's a big distinction to me because <laughs> uh, I think that some of us that pay taxes and uh, continue to work. Uh, are saying a lot of our money is going to people that aren't working. We don't want that to happen anymore. And you're saving their lives. You just said that, though. Well, in some cases, <laughs> but I think you're taking. I think both of us are probably taking that to an extreme, and uh, the Jack Nicholson kind of way. And the, you know. All right, Randy Retroville. It is always a pleasure to have you. You know, here deep down in places today. you don't talk about at cocktail parties, <laughs> you right. want me in that legislature. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much for being here, and Jake Near. Producer here at Detroit Today, thanks for coming in and sharing what you've learned in Lansing. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for me this week. I will be back on Monday. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. We'll see you next week.